But today, I wanted to take a few moments and talk about being thankful. I know it seems a bit cliche since it's Thanksgiving, but uh, have you ever given much thought to the idea that Thanksgiving is an American thing? Have you ever been somewhere else on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, you get down there and you're like, hey, it's Thanksgiving. And they go, what? Yeah. I mean, Thanksgiving is an American thing. And uh, the rest of the world doesn't stop down like we do. And now, to their loss, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> but this time of year is important. And I know there's probably a kajillion messages taught in this circle, and that's fine. But I wanted to remind myself, and I wanted to remind you, and I want to say that in, in preparing this message and and. and running it through, I want you to know I'm in the season. I'm there. Let's play that music. Let's go. It's holidays, baby. I am full in it. Uh, Huh? Is he? That's all right. I'm all in. I'm telling you, I'm all in. But today I wanted to take just a couple of minutes. How many of you guys remember when you were young and you enjoyed getting something in the mail? Like a birthday card? Because it might include what? Money. Come on. Now I'm not going to ask you to testify, but how many times did you take that check? Because, you know, grandma and grandpa always send a check. For those who don't know what a check is, you can Google it. <laughs> and you knew that it was, you were really rich when they sent cash. And then you might read the card. But you remember when you used to get a card, you know, maybe Christmas, maybe your birthday, maybe from a Sunday school teacher. Miss Sylvia has always been very diligent, Miss Karen and, and our, our children's workers to, to do that. And do you remember when you stopped enjoying getting things in the mail called bills? Yeah. Anyone else just, you know, you go to the mailbox, you're like, necessary, evil, well, we received a letter from a brother in the, in the Lord, and uh, it's, it's an encouragement. Now, time prevents me from reading the, the whole of the letter to us today, so I just wanted to take a little excerpt from it and encourage us in the Lord as we consider being thankful. And so, let's look at this letter from our brother. Now, I've scattered in some quotes about gratitude today. You know why? It's Thanksgiving. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for our today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. How many of you, as a child, were, were discontent, disillusioned, and unhappy? I went to work at 15 because my parents said, you can't have it all, but if you want it, go earn it. And so I started working at 15. I don't have any regrets, but I could have easily lived without all the things I bought with that money that no longer exists. But gratitude, when you look backwards and you realize that you can be grateful for what you had, begins to bring into focus an attitude of gratitude for today. Do you have everything that your heart desires? Maybe not. Can you find gratitude for what you have? You can. You should. And when we have gratitude for what we've had, we have gratitude for what we have It prepares our minds and our hearts to live a life of gratitude for what is yet to come. Amen? Can I say this? You may have had it really good. But brothers and sisters in the Lord, the best is yet to come. 
The best is yet to come. You might get double chocolate pie, but the best is yet to come. You may get both drumsticks, but the best is yet to come. We used to fight in my family over the drumsticks. We had three boys, two drumsticks. And can we all agree that piece of turkey isn't that great? It's the symbolism. But gratitude changes everything, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter whether you're 72, 32, 12, or 2. If we could be grateful individuals, it will change our lives. So let's look at our letter from our friend. Our brother Peter, perhaps you remember him? A little hot-headed. He's been known to say a few things he kind of regrets. But he always shows up to the party sent us a letter and it says this, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the elect, exile scattered throughout the providence of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, and Hunt County. I added Hunt County. (laughs) So no one go and accuse me. I, I, I added that. I put that in there. That's not inspired. That's just added. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in moderation. Is that what it says? They be Grace and peace be yours just enough to get by. No, in abundance. In abundance. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Interest does not eat into the inheritance that God provides. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's break this down, shall we? It's kind of like side dishes. Do we have any here that eats Thanksgiving dinner one thing at a time? You do? Okay. You do? One thing at a time. You don't Okay, all right. So it's not, it's not everything at once. It's, it's nibble, 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 nibble. Okay, I could respect that. Do we have anybody that's it's, it's this thing, all of this thing, and then I move on? Scotty does? Okay. I'm one of those guys that just thinks it's all going to be mixed up anyway. Let's eat. So Now, 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 there are some things I would rather not be touching. I don't need, that doesn't even make my plate, brother. There are some things that I will look at and go, oh, bless God, and just keep walking. (laughs) Not that it's not sacred and holy. I'm just saying it's not for me. Let's look at this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiled, God's elect, exiles, scattered throughout the providence. Let's look at what. We are scattered and not shattered. Do you know what I thought of when I wrote that first? Anybody? Scattered and chunked, baby. Why? Because that's my bride. She's always scattered and chunked. If you don't know what it is, that's your sin. 
but we are scattered but not shattered. Amen? The church is scattered from the very beginning, from, from the time of Acts, the world has done its very best to scatter the church. But the Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail. We are scattered, but we are not shattered. The challenges of the early church are not that different from ours. No, they didn't have digital media. No, they weren't, you know, like struggling because their router went... No, they didn't have those things, but there are some similarities. Look, there's distance. There's distance. There, there were saints in the early church that were separated by distance. Guess what? There's saints in today's church that are separated by distance. Amen? We are fortunate that we can live close together and we can be together. There are people who live far apart, and, and sometimes the only fellowship of the saints they may have is the, the church home. I ministered to a man down in the Amazon River. He said he, he took a boat down the river three and a half days to get to where he could see a Bible. He didn't own a Bible. He would three and a half days down to see a Bible, prayerfully prepare a message, and then take three days going back up and then teach that message. But praise be to God, after we met, he had his own Bible. So distance isn't something that's new. Now, the challenge that we may face at a greater level than the early church is this. The church today is more distant, not by physicalness, but you know what? By availability and emotionalness. We could be very distant from the brothers and sisters in the Lord. We shouldn't be. We should strive to be closer together. But we, we see a distance. We see a discouragement. Uh, that's supposed to say, just, just look at our world. But just look at our world. Can you get discouraged? Oh, Lord have mercy. <clears throat> it doesn't take too long. Let me tell you this. If you're watching something that discourages you, guess what? Turn it off. I don't need Elon Musk telling me what I will or what I won't read on Twitter. I have the power to decide. Amen? But discouragement, they had discouragement. We can have discouragement. Disunity, <clears throat> they failed to keep proper priorities. Guess what? We do that. Is the color of the carpet a greater priority than the harmony of the church? No. Is it meeting on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock a higher priority than meeting on Saturday night at 7 o'clock? No, but we'll do it. And then distraction, life is always going, look at me. Oh, look at me, doesn't it? Just like Peter in the storm. Storm goes, Peter, look at me. The world goes, look at me. It's like that little bitty kid. You know, that's, you know, kids want attention. Or those of us who have sanguine personalities. Look at me. I have to really fight that because I have that look at me personality. And then disinformation. <laughs> that's a popular word, isn't it? Disinformation. Brothers and sisters, one of the challenges of the early church was they had a lack of understanding and a lack of, uh, of application, accurate application of God's teaching. My friends, we still have that today. Denominations split over misapplication of God's word. Churches split over the misapplication of God's word. Ministries crash and burn because of misapplication of God's word. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are scattered, but we are not shattered because God is able. Amen? I like this right here.
<clears throat> man, did I just, I turn this way now, I sound like I'm talking to myself. That's awesome right there. Okay. Verse 2, I'm telling you, the squirrels are loose. <laughs> Verse 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in, ab in, in abundance. In abundance. Those chosen by God. Who is chosen by God? Well, the Methodists will say it's them. The Baptists will say it's them. Our friends, the Catholics, might say it's them. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they will say it's them. Who's chosen by God? We all are. The invitation to salvation is written to everybody. For God so loved the world that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who's the whosoever? Right here. God chose the world. How do we know? He sent his son. Jesus didn't die with a disclaimer. You, when you get saved, you don't have to scroll down and read the disclaimer and then click, I'll take that. God chose the world, my friends. He chose, chose Arabs and Asians. He chose Africans and Mexicans. He chose white people and brown people and black people. He chose us all. He chose the young, he chose the old, he chose the in-between, he chose the lovable and the not-so-lovable, he chose Aggies. But God has offered the invitation to everyone, amen? Everyone! It says... Those who are foreknown by God. Jimmy, are you saying God knew he was going to get saved? Yes, I am. Oh, Jimmy, you just must be a Calvinist. No, no. My God knows everything. Amen? And if he knows everything, that means he knows everything. God knew, praise God, that on January of 1987, this guy was going to call upon his son. Guess who didn't know that? This guy. But someone invited me anyway. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you go, does God know if I'll become a Christian or not? Yes, he does. Is the invitation for you? Yes, it is. What does that mean? All you got to do is call upon his name. You say, I don't know if I'm going to become a Christian. You can be. It's your choice. He foreknew me before the laying of the foundation of the world. He knew I was going to become a believer. Lord, have mercy. What a mess he was working with. But thank God, those sanctified and are being sanctified, that's such a big word tomorrow. You can use it at work. It means this, to be set apart and made holy. You say, wait a minute, those sanctified and are being sanctified. Jimmy, you've really lost the peel off the banana now. Listen, at the point of your salvation in God's economy, you're sanctified. All of your sins are forgiven. Amen? Yes. Past, present, and future. But we are also being sanctified. Are you a better person today than you were five years ago? I hope you can say yes. I am a man who is being sanctified. 35, oh, more than almost 36 years now. 
I am sanctified as if I'm already in heaven. I'm being sanctified as God transforms me into the image of who I will be. I'm a shadow of a man that I once was, and I'm a shadow of a man that I shall become. Amen? But you are sanctified, and you are being sanctified, church. We never get too grown to stop growing. But sometimes... Have you ever known someone that their growth pattern stopped at about 16 and they're 57? And you're like, come on, bro, grow up. Can I say this? Inside the church, we got them. They're the same spiritual age they were the day they met Jesus. They've never grown up. God wants us to be growing up in him, being sanctified. Those who are obedient, how do we know if we're being sanctified? We become more and more obedient to what God has called us to do. Obedience displays respect. Those who are benefactors of what? Grace and peace. Grace is unmerited favor. You know, man, listen, if you, starting with me, if you ever get so comfortable with grace that it doesn't move you, boy, we need to step back and get a checkup. Man, Grace is such a beautiful thing that God would extend it to us. Grace is a beautiful thing when someone else extends it to us. When you drive through the drive-thru and they go, oh, hey, the car in front of you already pictures up. Grace! And peace. Does, that mean, does, does God's grace and peace mean that we won't have days of trials, tribulations, and uncertainty? No. But what it does mean is that we can have a peace in it. A peace that passes understanding. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds it. Listen, the storms blow into my harbor just like it blows into your harbor. But I have a peace today that I didn't have 35 years ago. And it's greater than it was then. And it says, what? In abundance. In abundance. So does anyone else go to Costco and you walk around, they go, would you like to sample this? And you're like, mm, I think I might. And then you like it enough, you go, I think I'd like a whole lot of those samples. <laughs> you see, God isn't like that lady on the end of the aisle at Costco and she goes, hey, you've had three, let's move it. <laughs> Buy it or walk. You know what I'm talking about. And if you've got your kids with you, hey, go get one of those. I don't like granola. Yeah, but I do. God does not provide to us in little bitty taste samples. You know, just enough to make you want it. That's what that is. I'm not going to say kind of like a drug dealer because that would be wrong to say in church. But God's promise to us, and in the statement from our brother Peter, he says this, you can have grace and peace in abundance. That means you get this cart and that cart. It means when I finish this box, I've got another one. It means you don't have to hide it from your granddaughter, that you have chips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fact right there, brother. God provides abundantly. Brothers and sisters, does the world truly believe that we serve an abundantly blessing God? 
based on how we conduct ourselves? Man, how many times have you blessed someone and they go, oh, you didn't have to do that. And you said, if all I ever had to do in life, if ever all I ever got to do in life was what I had to do. And they go, well, this is too much. And you know what? You just say this. Hey, listen, my God doesn't bless with an eyedropper. He gives exceedingly and abundantly more. And you know what? When you give in the name of the Lord, you give sacrificially and abundantly. Why? Because that speaks of who your God is. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He holds the world in his hand. And you will not outgive God. Man, I'm, I'm really pumped up now. I'm ready to go. I, woo, I'm, I'm worked up. <clears throat> Thank you is the best prayer that anyone can say. I say that one a lot. Thank you expresses extreme gratitude, humility, and understanding. Amen. Do you ever whisper the prayer, thank you? You know, one of the things, I, every time I get in the car, last night I had the privilege of serving my bride, putting gas in her car. And uh, I, we are blessed that we have enough funds that we could fill it up. Amen. Now, I didn't sit there and complain about gas prices, although I could have. I didn't, I didn't sit there and complain about, you know, whatever. But when I got in the car and that little, that little needle goes up to full, I just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that my bride has a car. Thank you that we have the money to put gas in it. Thank you that she'll bring little. Did Mia come this morning? Oh, well, she doesn't get thanked this morning then. Mm-mm. You know what? Just being able to put gas in a car on a Saturday night births a list of thank yous. Thank you, McDonald's is open out there where I got gas last night. Thank you is a great prayer. And if we'll get in the habit of whispering that prayer in a timely method, you'll, you'll be surprised how much you have to give thanks for. Verse 3, praise be to God the Father to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Josh mentioned this a few weeks ago. Safe and sound. Is that a double entendre with the word safe? It might be. Praise be to God for Jesus and his resurrection. You know what? Thank you, God, for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Gave his one and only son. And thank you for resurrecting him. We focus on the resurrection at Easter, but you know what? We really can focus on it at Christmas too. Because he could have given Jesus, but apart from the resurrection, just another dead dude. I, I'm, I'm alluding to it. I'm setting them up. You shouldn't leave your notes on the... Hey, if it's worth teaching once. Praise be to God for the gifts. What gifts? A new birth. I'm not who I one day will be, but praise God, I'm not who I used to be. I was born again. Man, what a deal. And I'm so thankful that I was able to be born again at an early age of my life, theoretically an early age. Thank God. What a gift the second birth is. 
that you can have God indwell you, that you can have God's Holy Spirit guiding you. Man, what a deal. Thank God. A living hope. I've watched a lot of people express a lot of hope, and their hopes are in dead things and in dead places. And that's heartbreaking. But the Bible says that our hope is not in those things. It's in a man. The God-man. The resurrected God-man. And the soon-returning God-man. We have a living hope. It is vibrant. It is transformative. It's emotional. It's inspirational. Man, when you think about Jesus, does it just stir your pot? Think about it. The creator and the sustainer of all things knows your name. He knows the number of hair on your head. For me, it's the great ones and the not so great ones. He knows me. And he loves me anyway. An inheritance. A little inheritance is a good thing, the Bible says. But the thing about the inheritances in this life except for a foundation of faith, all goes away one way or another. You can inherit a house, what a blessing, but one day, guess what? Time will take it back, or a fire may take it from you, or a tornado may take it from you, or a flood may take it from you. You can inherit money. That's a blessing. But guess what? Money come and money go. And let me say this, I detest money. But the earthly inheritances are a blessing temporarily. Because you only have it, what, as long as you're here. Ours is kept in heaven. Where Josh said a few weeks ago, nothing breaks in, nothing steals, nothing corrodes, nothing diminishes. Amen. Our inheritance is in heaven. We are getting a foretaste of it, a foretaste of glory divine, as the old hymn used to say. And one day, we get the whole banquet. Mm, what a Thanksgiving day that'll be. Gratitude bestows reverence, allowing us to encounter everyday epiphanies. Those transcendent moments of awe that change forever how we experience life in the world. Do you still get excited when you get princess parking? That's what my granddaughter calls it. That's that upfront parking. You know what I'm saying? That's what my granddaughter calls it, princess parking. I call it righteous and good living parking. Do you still get excited about that? We went to the movie the other night. In Rockwall on a Friday night, God help us. And I was fully prepared to have to hike from like El Chico. I dropped my, I dropped my bride, my son off, and as close to the door as I get him wide because I love him. And it was cold. And I'm like, well, Lord, we'll just, we'll drive through here one time just to see, right? Princess parking. Gratitude gives us epiphanies every day that changes. 
the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act, the way we receive, and the way we give. Gratitude changes things. Verse 5, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Shielded and soon shielded by God's power. Listen, I like to feel safe. I like to feel protected. And I like to try to project that and provide that for the people that I love. But there is no greater power than God's love. There is no safer place than in the center of God's will. Copyright Jimmy Vaughn. For those who are asking the Sunday school, that's right, that's right. Copyright, verbal contract. Shielded from what? Now, you may be sitting here today, and, and, and Jeff mentioned in Sunday school, you know, he doesn't know what we're going through. Today may not be like a 100% great day. It may only be a 75% great day, or it could be a 50% great day. Or you know what? It may be like down in a 7% great day. I don't know. And you may be asking yourself, okay, well, what's God shielded me from really? Well, from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. Amen. For the penalty, of, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Eternal death, spiritually. And it can also turn your light out a little quick here on this here earth. The penalty of sin, the power of sin. When I fail, and I do fail, it's not because I don't have a choice. I just fail to access my choice. God, the Holy Spirit, indwells me and gives me the power to say no or yes. I just don't always use it as best I should. What, is, what isn't ours to have? Okay. We often say, you know, God provides for us. But do you, ever, do you ever stop and think of what God keeps from you? You do not hand your two-year-old toddler a butter knife in the living room without plug covers and go, knock yourself out. Do you? No. No. You know who learned the hard way about butter knife and wall sockets? This guy. Pow! <coughs> it was exhilarating. <coughs> that song DC Talk wrote so many years ago, some people gotta learn the hard way. That was about me. They didn't even ask me. Don't ask me about Acapulco cliff diving into insulation. That's a different story. Do you ever stop and think about what God has kept from you? Sometimes we'll be quick to moan about what we think we want, but sometimes, praise God, he doesn't give it to us. Sometimes, in the words of a great country song, an unanswered prayer is the best answer. The woeful wanderings of life without Christ. I thought about this. And this is what my mind came up with. Because this was my experience. When I was a younger man, I was taught a lot of really good things. I was given a spiritual foundation by my family, and I'm so thankful for that. But I also had an ear to the world. And the world 
had a greater authority in my mind and in my heart because Christ was not yet king of my life. And just like all of us, you start asking the question, where do I find the good stuff in life? And the world will tell you this, everything you need, everything you want, and everything that's satisfied you'll find in the corners of life. It could be in the corner of marriage. It could be in the corner of education. It could be in the corner of business. And life just says, just, just come into the box. It's a little dark, but in time and perseverance and a little bit of luck, you'll find it. And when you find it, you'll be content. You'll be fulfilled. And I remember answering that call into the box, as we all do, for parts of our life. And I remember groping in that dark box, looking for the corners. Where was joy, peace, happiness, contentment, prosperity? Where did it? And I groped in that dark room looking for the corners. You see, but what life doesn't tell you is life is not a box. Everything that you desire, you'll not find in the corners of life because there are no corners. That's why that same world has been looking for those same corners since the beginning of time. The answer to our heart's desires are in Christ alone. Who says what? Exceedingly and abundantly. Thank filled comes from knowing him and remembering him and reminding yourself of him and rejoicing in him every day and in every way. And then like Jeff said earlier, sharing. You will find when you share the good news of Jesus Christ, you always come away with more than you give. Always, always, always. So we see that we are shielded and soon shielded by God's power. We're shielded from the things that God doesn't intend for us to have. And lastly, soon arriving salvation. C.S. Lewis says this, Precisely because we cannot predict the moment, we must be ready at all moments. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Amen. Now, whether it is the, the, the time-altering event called the rapture of the church, which I look forward to. Or Wednesday night, I shared a very sobering statistic that humanity passes from this earth into eternity at a pace of 2.3 persons per second. My second hasn't arrived yet. But my deliverer is on his way. Now whether he delivers me from here to there, or he delivers himself from there to here, I do not know. But like C.S. Lewis said, it is my deepest desire to be, pre to be ready what? Whenever. And the way that we remain ready is to be thank-filled, church. 
Every day. I can't have turkey every day. There was one restaurant here in town that had turkey and dressing on the weekends. I saw them fairly often. Because I do love me some turkey. And let me just say this. If you're one of those people that doesn't have turkey on Thanksgiving, shame on you. It was destined. That is destiny's bird. Are you thankful? Are you thankful today? I hope that you are. And, and if you're not, I hope that this message, this letter from our brother in the faith will encourage you. My friend's life is not easy. God never promised that. But he promised what? He'll always be with us. Whether it's on the mountain high or the valley low. <laughs> Ain't no river. Sorry. I, you know. Ain't no river. <clears throat> and all points in between. God is consistent. And when my thankfulness runs low, that means I need to fill it up. Because God has provided abundantly. And it is my prayer for you. That as we go into this week and we go into the Thanksgiving event, wherever that is, whatever that looks like for you, that your cup will overflow because Christ is alive in you. And we can be thankful every day. On behalf of my bride and myself and my family, we want to wish you the greatest of Thanksgivings. We pray that wherever you go, that you will have safety that you will enjoy the journey and that you'll drink deeply from the blessings of this life and give thanksgiving to the creator, the sustainer, and the provider of life. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be thankful. Father, you have done exceedingly and abundantly more than our minds and hearts can comprehend. For the sole motivation of your own love for us. And Father, we're thankful for that. Father, help us, myself being the chief of us, not to grow familiar and contemptible in that truth. Lord, help us to have the epiphanies of grace and mercy every day of our earthly lives. And Lord, help it to move us incrementally towards more Christ-likeness. Lord, help it to move us incrementally into loving and serving and giving like Christ. Father, we are thankful today because you first loved us. Father, we are thankful today that you spared not your own son. And Father, we are thankful today that our sins truly are forgiven because the tomb is empty. And we are thankful today that our redemption draweth near. Father, help us to be ready when you come for us or when you call us to you. 
and we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.